Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Hello, Dr. Jane. How are you? Good morning, Anna. I'm doing well, thanks. It's always good to be together. It certainly is. And well, the week has whizzed by and I've had plenty of opportunities to review regrets, faux pas, and embarrassments. And as you can imagine, I've been tapping my little heart out. Lots of ups and downs, Dr. Jane. I, I, yes, huh? This is good. You know, and, and what are you noticing with the, with the tapping, Anna? Well, there are a couple of things I wanted to share. Uh, first, the shifts away from the negativity is often very subtle. And I'm glad that we always go back to the level of discomfort, that number that we give the reactivity. If I wasn't keeping track, I might miss the fact that the negativity is dissipating because a drop from a five to a four can be very subtle. And if I'm not paying attention, I could miss it and be even more frustrated. Well, you know, honey, you're making an excellent point. This is exactly why we use the scale. Because most of us really aren't tuned in to many of our more subtle sensations. You know, intense uh, discomfort or pain, heck yes. Um, You know, that gets our attention much more easily. You know, and when this happens, we so often project the blame, you know, uh, either to superficial or or external culprits, you know, like he made me so mad or I've got the Monday blues or if he, she, they would just change, I'd be okay. (laughs) I'd be less mad. I'd be less stressed, less frustrated. I recall this from our one conversation when we were talking about the ABCs of our thinking and how frequently we interpret something outside of ourselves as the source of our reactivity. This is the projection you often refer to. Well, that's right. That's right. You know, the preferred track of our conversations have always been to turn toward ourselves and ask, how am I contributing to my reactivity? You know, what do I have control over? What's outside of my control? We're always turning toward ourselves, discovering what we need to do to accept um, and what we need to do, uh, let go of. So, you know, I'm either accepting or letting go. And it, then it's also about, and what's the next right thing that needs action? I continue to be amazed on how little uh, is within our control, Dr. Jane, you know, which brings me to an interesting discovery. If I don't take control of what I have the power to change, well, I, I could spend my whole life trying to control people, places, and situations and living in angst and frustration. Well, Anna, I mean, look around. There are multitudes who live in the reactivity that you just described. You know, yet people can only be who they are and usually don't change until something, um, it's really about, you know, when when things become so unbearable, so darn uncomfortable that all of a sudden, you know, the spark of insight hits and they begin the change process. You know, this this is why we're pointing to, you know, our personal call, that hero's journey. The call of the hero within us, you know, I find it fascinating how our call is so individual and sometimes seems insignificant in the moment, yet can launch huge changes in our lives. It's like a mystery we have within us that's just waiting to come to life. Oh, Anna, you've been bitten by the monomyth bug. 
Joseph Campbell. <laughs> Joseph Campbell is taking a bow in heaven right now. <laughs> well, I think it would be so interesting to use Joseph Campbell's template and fill in with the dimensions that we've been discussing about our quest to be our best and highest selves. Oh, Anna, yes. You know, you know, it is interesting. And, and the weave of our ongoing quest has many parallels with the hero's journey. You know, it's how we find meaning and purpose in our lives. And, and, and we find this meaning and purpose via the, the best version of ourselves. So, you know, it begins with, with what, what Joseph Campbell called being and, and existing in our ordinary world. You know, the world that, that you and I live in, our everyday lives. And as a future hero, we're in our own world and we're really oblivious to what's ahead. You know, life is unfolding, you know, and not necessarily according to our plan. You know, it may feel safe. In our ordinary world, it may at least feel familiar. You know, life may be crazy, dreary, ho-hum, or whatever, you know, depending on our lifestyle. Um, and keep in mind, too, that we're flawed individuals with drives and urges and our reactivity, but we're getting by in life. You know, this life is lived, as we've so often talked about, from our backstory and our conditioning, our self-limiting beliefs, you know, these are the dimensions that drive the bus of our life. You know, and, and we might be aware that there's unrest or discord in our, our outer world or our inner world, yet nothing really presents itself as an urgent matter in the ordinary world, at least in the beginning of our journey. Yes, or, or we saw our parents or family settling for a life in a certain way and just assume that this is life and, and never even imagine that there's things, you know, that could be different. Well, that's right. You know, and, and the core beliefs are often in the form of a life philosophy passed down through generations. You know, the way life needs to be lived or what we can expect from life. And then things begin to shift, you know, could be subtle or could be a, you know, a tsunami kind of a shift. You know, this life event is what sets us up for the call. So the second phase of Joseph Campbell's hero's journey is is called the the call to adventure you know and this is an occurrence or sometimes it's it's multiple occurrences it doesn't just mean it's one and and it throws off our 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 actual comfort in the ordinary world we're not necessarily called one time often it's many times or sometimes it's it's different levels of what needs to be addressed in order to hear the 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 core call Sometimes it's a subtle sense that something isn't right or that there's more to life than our current reality, you know, and on a really, you know, there are more, there, there may be even a more drastic event, you know, that could set this up, you know, a great love could be a great loss or, or even great awe. You know, sometimes we hear conflicting calls and, and have to make a choice. Well, I get that there are tsunami hits like, the death of a loved one, a serious diagnosis, or another kind of health issue, loss of employment, you know, legal or financial problems. Any of these can be life-altering. Um, what about the things that happen that are a great awe moments? Well, Anna, you know, an event or experience um, while living life, just living ordinary life, can trigger great awe. You know, sometimes it happens for, for us as individuals, could be in nature, um, <clears throat> often 
in experiencing great art, great music or literature, poetry, or sometimes on it, it's a, um, it could be reading a quote by someone, you know, like those ones that, that you send out to your friends, you know, something that stirs us deeply and, and irreversibly. I, I remember way back, it was in like 2015, and, and I was in the Painted Desert in Arizona at sunset. And the beauty of that moment was so overwhelming that I found myself on my knees. And it was like in tearful surrender to the magnificence of it. You know, and something shifted within me in that moment. And I didn't even know it at the time. I knew that I had been kind of blown away by the experience, but I was irreversibly, I was irreversibly altered, you know, and, and sometimes you really don't register the impact of the call or, or sometimes it kind of starts to register and we ignore that call within us. And this is where Joseph Campbell goes next. He talks about, <clears throat> pardon me, the refusal of the call, you know, and let's face it, you know, we may be unwilling to heed the call. You know, it might be too disruptive to hear the call. So we resist this kind of change. You know, there might be fears, insecurities, lack of confidence um, that we might have to have to face. And the ordinary world, you know, we've been living it. It, it isn't so bad. You know, it's not perfect. Maybe it doesn't nourish us, but we're familiar with the terrain. So the question is often, how bad does it have to get before change is a really viable option? Oh, all of this is sounding very familiar probably to many of us. And I bet there are situations where someone skips over the refusal stage and is ready to go. Well, that can happen. You're absolutely right. You know, these stages on the quest are common, but I've worked with people long enough to know that there are no cookie cutters. There are no have-tos. And so the next phase that, that um, Campbell talks about is meeting the mentor. And I find this so interesting because the mentor could have a variety of faces. It could be a minister or a teacher, a wise family member. You know, it could be someone that, that uh, someone hears in a recovery program, you know, maybe a lead at an, at an AA meeting, you know, or sometimes it can be a book or a program or an inspirational leader. Or sometimes it's the discovery of an inner mentor, you know, like recognizing, you know, really solidly recognizing that we have a code of honor and integrity and that if we don't live by this, you know, it, it, it doesn't feel good. You know, it throws us off. So any one of these options serve as a guide throughout the quest and, and really provide us the kind of preparation for the journey. You know, it, it's really highlighted in what these mentors have to say, what the book says, what the inspiration or how the inspiration leads us. You know, it, it could point us to tools, techniques, practices, along with maps that could inform us of, of what's ahead and how to handle it. So the mentor could be a live person or an animal or a character in a book. It, it's hard to predict who or what will inspire us and our willingness to proceed. Yes, yes. And then the next stage is when we finally say yes to the call. This is called, uh, Campbell called it, crossing the threshold. Mm. And so at this point, we're ready to step out of kind of that din of our ordinary life, even though we were very attached to it. And we begin our commitment to the mm. quest. And so we're at this point where, at least for the moment, 
There's no turning back. No turning back this time. We might might have started many times before, but this time is somehow different. You know, we're facing our fears and acknowledging our doubts with strong boundaries. You know, it's being willing to say, I'm scared and, and I'm moving through my fears. So we're stepping into unfamiliar territory and our commitment to find the best version of ourselves is first and foremost. And how that plays out is through our thoughts and our behaviors. You know, our quest begins to materialize in our willingness to act. And it begins to to really enable us to recognize the strangeness of the territory that we just stepped into. I mean, we're very aware that this is different. You know, it's outside our usual comfort zone. Dr. Jane, this is where things start to move. Yes, but not necessarily in a smooth or even trajectory. You know, this takes us into the next stage, which Campbell called tests and allies and enemies. You know, we're in fresh territory and trying to find our way, you know, and our old habits, you know, our old thought habits and behaviors, they continue to test us. So old dysfunctional patterns may may try to convince us this new path isn't for us, you know, and there's that inner dialogue uh, that we often hear where it's like, oh, you've been so dedicated. You tried this, you know, it's okay, but I mean, you don't have to do it, you know, this new thing today or every day, do you? You know, so our our new behaviors, you know, really, as we continue to be consistent, become our allies. And we might discover inner characteristics that that shore up our determination and our confidence. You know, so we're building strength to say no to the old way. And yes, one day at a time to our new choices. You know, we're honing new skills. We're really looking to utilize new practices, new techniques, and make them our own. So we're beginners and, and, and we must ignore or talk back to our old habits to maintain our commitment and build strength and endurance on this new venture. Well, that's right. So in these initial uh, stages of change, you know, the testing ground um, really becomes apparent. This is a testing ground for the future, you know, which may bring bigger challenges you know, which leads us into the next stage, which is an approach to the inmost cave, you know, and quite frankly, you know, some of the challenges that, that um, we've been met with, you know, really require grit and, and perseverance, but in, in being able to move through them, accomplish them, you know, take them on and, and do what we need to do, we're feeling more stable in our efforts to meet obstacles we find ourselves um, so often working through this inner terrain um, of ourselves. You know, it's like there are things in the external world, but it's also I'm having to face my innermost self, you know, finding fears, you know, confronting guilt and shame arising from our past. You know, these don't always appear in a titrated way. You know, they can come at us like a barrage of emotions and, and can compromise our footing. You know, our allies are the tools and techniques that we have acquired and the practices that allow us to maintain really a safe distance uh, from our barriers, you know, and those things that intrude. We're looking to dissolve the the barriers, you know, and and this is a time that we want to review where we've been and where we are now because we want to replicate what's working and we want to revise and remediate, you know, what's not working. So 
this is time to shore up our resources and recommit um, to be on solid footing for the next part of the quest. And the challenges have just begun. <laughs> well, exactly, Anna. So the next stage is called the ordeal. You know, and in this stage, this is where darker, stronger saboteurs from within us arise and challenge our commitment. And there can also be saboteurs in our external world, people who don't necessarily like the way we're changing. You know, and, and this all can be a, the most difficult stage of our, our change process. You know, our quest is seriously compromised by our past lifestyle and the voice within sometimes that old voice undermining our commitment. And also there can be people in our environment that want to undermine our commitment for a variety of reasons. You know, the saboteurs may include core beliefs, you know, our backstory issues, strongly held uh, life philosophies from our family, our church, our education, you know, and this is where, if I stay the course, the old me begins to wither and die, and the hero rises from those ashes. Hmm. Yes, we refuse to be defeated by that little weaker ourselves, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. And we begin to experience that which we set out to accomplish. So the next stage is called the reward. You know, we weather this crisis, fears and past conditioning, you know, have been overcome you know, usually for the good. But the question is always, you know, is this temporary? You know, we, we have a sense of owning or claiming the reward, you know, really holding our own achievement or the goal that we've set out for, you know, and we're having a taste of success. But this is the moment that's so important that we maintain humility to avoid the arrogance of thinking that we've arrived and in doing that, letting go of what supported us to get to this stage. Well, Dr. Jane, this is when we want to celebrate. Well, yes. And yet the quest is still active and in need of our attention. You know, so this next phase is, is called the road back. And this is integrating all that we've learned, you know, as we move back into our ordinary life. You know, the lessons, you know, need to be applied to all dimensions of the life we live, you know, so the direction of our life is different. You know, we're different, We've kind of outgrown the old life, the old ordinary life. And so we're recommitting to sustaining the treasures of our, our quest through ongoing awareness and, and our practices, you know, holding ourselves and our quest really in love and gratitude. Gratitude is extremely important. Oh, it certainly is. And we recognize the many changes and appreciate the journey and the fruits of our labor. Yes. And then sometimes there's another challenge. Another stage that Campbell talked about is called the resurrection. This is the time that presents the final test, you know, unfinished business, you know, forgotten secrets, you know, the showdown with a shadow self head on, you know, a final challenge may arise unexpectedly. You know, the web of our past has been disassembled. So we now reside in the truth. We know what's real. Well, I can see where we can't afford to be complacent. Yes. Yes. And the last stage is often called return with the elixir. You know, this is where our experience has provided, oh gosh, Anna, you know, bountiful and many bountiful gifts, you know. It's a new life that has to be lived anew. 
gifts to share, gifts to share via service, you know, extending ourselves, allowing our best and highest self to guide us to where we might extend ourselves for a greater good. You know, so our empathy and our compassion, you know, have deepened, you know, and this is due to our experiences. You know, we feel our connection to all humanity. It reminds me of that saying, you must give it away to keep it. Well, yes. Yes. And the only way to maintain and grow um, is, is really sharing that, you know, being in our experience. Um, that's where we need to be. Hmm. So, Dr. Jane, what might we do this week? Well, you know, on a less return to our awareness practices, our quieting practices, and contemplate what it is to be in that call or where we might be called, you know, on our own heroes, our personal heroes journey, you know, and our quest to be the best version of ourselves. You know, maybe it'll start with cleaning up habits, you know, things that we find ourselves entrenched with or or putting down our devices, you know, or intervening in, in dysfunctional patterns, you know, and let's stick with daily practices, practices that could include like the three-minute breathing space, you know, the relaxation response, you know, and practicing at least one round of tapping daily, really learning that sequence so it becomes our own. Dr. Jane, uh, can you remind us of the sequence? Yes, yes. We start with dropping into ourselves, you know, with the awareness of what kind of negative feeling am I experiencing right now? What kind of funk? my noticing, you know, funk in the field is what I call it. Got to, got to name it, you know, mm-hmm. and then we rank it on a scale of one to 10. Once we have that number on the scale, we tap the side of our hand and say three times as we're tapping to that karate chop, that, that fleshy surface to the surface to the side of our hand, even though I feel this funkiness or this anxiety or this blah or this, whatever it is, I deeply accept myself. And we do that three times, even though I'm, I feel this funkiness, you know, I feel this anxiety or this worry. I deeply accept myself, even though I feel this, this anxiety, this worry, this blah, I deeply accept myself. So that's three times on that karate chop fleshy side of our hand. And then we begin to tap in this sequence and it's six to eight times while we're focused on that negative feeling. So we start where our eyebrow meets the nose, the beginning of our eyebrow, six to eight times. The sides of our eyes, six to eight times. Underneath our eyes, thinking about what we're feeling. Underneath our eyes, underneath our nose, crease of the chin, collarbone, under our arms, about four inches on our ribcage, right, from from our armpit, the crown of our head. And then we reassess, where is that funky feeling now? It was six. Has it gone up? Has it gone down? And we start again exactly where it is by tapping the side of our hand and say, even though I'm still feeling this, I deeply accept myself three times. There it is. Well, this is going to be a very interesting week. (laughs) Yes, it is, Anna. Very interesting. Thank you, Dr. Jane. Until our next conversation.